Would you turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 8, verse 30. John chapter 8, verse 30. Between 75 and 85 percent of Americans identify themselves as Christians. That is, until they die, at which point 100% of them are spoken of as Christians. At least that's the case in this part of the world. Virtually every person in church this Sunday morning in Monroe County and in the city of Monroeville considers himself a Christian regardless of how they live from Sunday afternoon to Saturday night. Even the vast majority of those who won't be in church today or any other Sunday like it are nonetheless confident in their Christianity. All of the following people are identified as Christians either by themselves or others. President Obama, Donald Trump, George Bush, the Clintons. Although Chelsea isn't a Southern Baptist Christian anymore, I've recently learned, because she was so offended as a six-year-old in Sunday school in a Southern Baptist church by right to life. Mentioned in the Sunday school lesson, it apparently offended her strong views of being pro-abortion when she was six years old. She decided to leave the Baptist church for the Methodist church. Here are some others identified as Christians. Justin Bieber, R. Kelly, Katy Perry, Carrie Underwood, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Whitney Houston, Denzel Washington, Mel Gibson, Tyler Perry, Nick Saban, Cam Newton, Peyton Manning, Bubba Watson, Jeff Gordon, the real housewives of various locations. <laughs> RJ and J. Paul Molinaire, Benny Hinn, and Joel Osteen, and I could go on and on and on. It is amazing what you can learn on that Internet thing. Now, I don't infallibly know whether all of these people are Christians or not, and thankfully, I'm not the final judge of the status of their soul. But I do know that you can recognize a tree by its fruit. And the fruit from that list of folks that I just mentioned includes the following. Denying the Christian faith and openly opposing it and disobeying it and leading others to do the same. Saying, I have never needed to repent or ask forgiveness for anything saying that Jews, Muslims, and Christians, and people of all other faiths worship the same God, 
lives that are dominated and characterized by addiction to alcohol, drugs, and sexual immorality. Publicly and repeatedly speaking God's name in vain and spewing forth all other sorts of profanity and vulgarity unfaithfulness to their spouses and trading them in for younger, better-looking versions routinely, producing and starring in movies and shows that I'm sure they wouldn't want to watch with the Christ that they claim, singing songs like, I still don't even know His last name, Bump and Grind, And I kissed a girl, and I liked it. And for those of you who have no clue of the song of which I speak, a girl sings that song. Planning and boasting repeatedly about getting drunk in front of billions of people. Actions and words over and over again that are the epitome of arrogance and pride and selfishness. Being voted the most unlikable person and the biggest phony in your profession by your peers and those who cover you. Lighting candles and praying to ancestors before closing out the prayer to your ancestors in Jesus' name. Using the Bible and the name of Jesus to make millions of dollars off people who need every penny that they have. And condemning self and listeners to hell with a false gospel, all the while decorated with the nice trimmings of fancy suits and a big smile. Our passage and my sermon today is on real Christians. Using the word Christian isn't enough anymore. It is far too vague, and the title of Christian means absolutely zero in this day in which we live. And it was the same for days gone by. It's always been this way. It was even this way in the days of Christ. It's why Jesus talked about real Christians in this text. And it's why I'm preaching about real Christians this morning. Look at verse 30 and 31 of John chapter 8. As he was saying these things, many believed in Him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, If you continue in My Word, you really are My disciples. The first thing that I want us to notice this morning about real Christians is that real Christians believe. Real Christians believe. Look again at verse 30. As he was saying these 
things many believed in him. Now, Jesus had just said that he was the light of the world, which two weeks ago we looked at, and I told you was Jesus in essence saying, I am God. I am the promised Messiah and Christ. I am the only way to salvation. I am the truth that leads to eternity with the Father. Last week, our passage and our message were about Jesus giving them reasons why they could believe Him, giving them reasons why they should believe Him. And as the result of these words that He spoke about Himself and why they could believe Him, many people in the crowd believed Jesus. They believed in Him. They believed that He was who He said He was and that He could do what He said He would do for people that would believe in Him. Belief is the exact response that Jesus was looking for on this occasion and on every other occasion like it when He preached. Last week, chapter 8, verse 24, we saw Jesus say, Unless you believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. So He was looking for belief. The clear teaching of the Bible is that real Christians believe. Genesis fifteen six, Abram believed the Lord. And the Lord credited it to him as righteousness. Acts 16, 31, Paul and Silas said to their Philippian jailer, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Romans 10, 9, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Ephesians 2.8, For by grace are you saved through faith. Hebrews 11.6, Without faith it is impossible to please God. It's also the clear teaching of the Gospel of John that real Christians believe. We've already seen numerous examples of this. Not just the words of John, but John recording for us the words of Jesus. But I'll give you just one example because it's the most well-known, not only in the first eight chapters of John, but in the entire Bible. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes on Him would not perish but have eternal life. This is the Bible doctrine of justification by faith. Justification meaning that we are declared righteous, we are made right with God through faith. This is the Reformation doctrine. It's the Protestant doctrine. It's the Baptist doctrine. It is our doctrine of salvation through faith Alone. I absolutely can't strongly emphasize enough that real Christians believe Jesus. 
They believe in Jesus. They believe on Jesus. The only way to become a Christian, the only way to be a Christian is to believe. Every Christian has had a time where they move from unbelief or not believing to believing or to faith. You might not be able to pinpoint that time. You might not remember it. Maybe you didn't recognize it definitively when it happened. But if you're a Christian, it happened. And it happens. There is no such thing as unbelieving Christians. There is no such thing as a Muslim Christian. As a Hindu Christian. As a Buddhist Christian. As a Mormon Christian. As an atheist Christian. In spite of what some Christians would have us to believe. There, these ideas floating around out there that everyone who isn't Hitler or Osama bin Laden is a Christian or that they'll end up being a Christian, that they will end up being saved. Beyond that, there's ideas out there that everyone, period, is going to end up in heaven And no one will be judged, and therefore no one will go to hell. These ideas are unequivocally wrong. And they are unequivocally unbiblical. Real Christians believe. But... Believing is not the only thing that real Christians do. If believing is the only thing Christians do, then they are not real Christians. That's the point of this passage. John Calvin said, we are saved by faith alone. But if our faith is alone, it is not saving faith. That brings us to the second thing real Christians do. Real Christians persevere. Did you hear me? Real Christians persevere. Verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, If you continue in My Word, you really are My disciples. Jesus responded to those who believed by making the point that real Christians persevere. I've heard the story before about a famous evangelist who finished up preaching a series of revival crusade type meetings and after it was over someone came up to him and asked him the question how many people were saved this week to which he responded give me six months or a year and I'll let you know 
I want you to notice what Jesus didn't say to the people who believed. You, you with me? I want you to listen to this. I, I think it's uh, significant. Jesus did not say to those who believed, Now I want you to pray this prayer after me. He didn't say, sign this card. He didn't say, here's your spiritual birth certificate because you've been born again. He didn't say, congratulations, you're a Christian. He didn't say, I'm so proud of you. He didn't say, you're saved forever and don't you ever doubt it because any doubt is from Satan. He didn't even say your sins are forgiven or you have eternal life. No, those are the kinds of things that we say. Those are the kinds of things that we've heard said. Those are the kinds of things that we've been taught to say. Have you ever noticed, though, that Jesus was much, much more cautious and deliberate with believers than we are. If you've been with us in the Gospel of John, we've noticed it. How about chapter 2, verses 23 through 25, where Jesus was preaching at the Passover and it said, Many trusted in Jesus, but Jesus did not trust in them because He knew their hearts and He didn't need anyone to tell Him what was in a man. Jesus, unlike so many within our ranks, wasn't interested in numbers for the sake of numbers. He always wanted people who responded to Him to count the cost, to know everything that was involved to know what being a follower of His was truly about. So here, He said the word, if. What kind of word is if? It's a conditional word, isn't it? I heard somebody half whisper, speak it out loud. We've done gotten out of control this morning. <laughs> if is a conditional word. What it means here is that belief or faith saves conditionally. At least what it means is that professed faith saves conditionally. R.C. Sproul such a gift to the church, has so wisely and prophetically said, we aren't saved by profession of faith. We are saved by possession of faith. Did you hear that? We aren't saved by profession of faith. We're saved by possession of faith. That's a needed word for us today. That is an extremely 
important biblical truth. Because there is great confusion and misunderstanding on this very subject. Among our denomination, as well as the rest of Christianity, most of us, and and for a moment I'm speaking to Southern Baptists, most Southern Baptists understand salvation or Christianity in this way. One becomes a Christian by making a profession of faith. One becomes a Christian by making a decision for Jesus, whether that profession or decision is by praying a prayer, walking an aisle, meeting with the preacher, raising a hand, signing a card, being baptized, making a declaration or statement, or joining the church. So because this is the way... Most among us believe that's what we're looking for from the lost. That's what we're aiming for with the lost. That's what we want out of our lost family members and friends. That's what many within our churches want more than anything from their children and their grandchildren. A profession of faith. Then we can relax... By checking one more thing off the worry list. This is the goal of much evangelism and preaching for many. The goal being, we've got to get folks to make a decision. Because they're saved through making a decision. And I know so much about it. Because this is the person and the preacher that I used to be. But I can honestly say to you at this point in my life. That I have absolutely no concern with anyone making a decision for Christ. Or making a profession of faith. I'll use as an example my four children whose souls I care about more than any other souls in the whole world. I don't want any of my kids to make a profession of faith or a decision for Jesus. I want my kids to possess faith and therefore to possess Jesus. And if they possess faith, and possess Jesus, they will profess it. And that's my concern and prayer for people in this congregation this morning, and people in our city, and people in our community, that they possess faith, and therefore possess Jesus. No one has ever become a Christian as a result of doing any of those things that I mentioned. And it's not that those are bad things. But no one has ever been saved by doing one of those things or all of those things. We don't become a Christian in this way. If so... All it is is salvation by a work. 
or salvation by a ritual. Which is exactly what we as Protestants protested and broke away from, supposedly, 500 years ago. If we preach or witness or think this way, we have just come up with our own Baptist work or Baptist ritual that is required for salvation. And other Protestant denominations have come up with theirs. We are not saved through professing faith. We're saved through possessing faith. But, not all belief saves. Not all believers are Christians. I understand how shocking that sounds. But I ask you, how else can you interpret the clear words of Jesus here? Isn't this the exact warning of Jesus in verse 31? Where He said, If you continue in My Word, you really are My disciples. This means that there are believers who aren't real. There are believers who aren't authentic, who aren't genuine, who aren't legitimate followers or students of Christ. There are believers who aren't Christians, who aren't real Christians. It means that every disciple isn't a real disciple. Didn't we see that at the end of John chapter 6? When Jesus started preaching the hard stuff and the crowds left. And all that was left were the twelve. And even one of those was a fake. There are Christians who aren't real Christians. Who are false Christians. Who are phony Counterfeit, deceived Christians who are deceitful Christians who are inauthentic, illegitimate, disingenuous Christians. In verse 31, Jesus says to all who believe in Him, you are real Christians if you continue in My Word. And the word continue there means Remain in my word. Hold to my word. Abide in my word. Persevere in my word. This condition isn't an issue of sincere faith. I am absolutely certain that the people here sincerely believed at that moment that Jesus was the Christ. Just as I am certain that many since then have believed that sincerely, and many today believe that sincerely. But the condition here is an issue not of sincere faith, but of continuing faith. It's why I'm saying real Christians not only believe, 
real Christians persevere. This is the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. A foundational doctrine for us as Southern Baptists and for other churches going all the way back to the New Testament church. I'd love to read for you our confessions of faith, going all the way back to the London Baptist Confession of Faith, written in the 1600s, all the way forward to the Baptist faith and message of the year 2000. But for the sake of time, I'll summarize what the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints means. Perseverance of the saints means that no real Christian will ever finally and forever fall away from faith or from the faith. That all real Christians will endure to the end by God's grace through which He gives them persevering faith that will never quit. Unfortunately, we haven't heard nearly as much about the perseverance of the saints over the last 75 years as we have about once saved, always saved. Which by itself isn't wrong, but which is understood by most today to mean that once a person professes faith or makes a decision for Jesus that his salvation is eternally secure, even if he renounces his faith, or abandons the faith, or continues to live in sin. I'll tell you what this does. It makes the amazing, marvelous grace of God cheap. And it makes salvation by faith into an easy believism. And it divorces faith from works entirely. And to top it all off, it is not at all akin to the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. When Jesus said, if you continue in my word, he was speaking of perseverance. A perseverance in His Word. His Word being His teaching. What He had been saying about Himself and salvation. The question then for us is, what does it mean to persevere in the teaching of Jesus? Two things primarily. One thing it means is that real Christians persevere in belief in the teaching of Jesus. It means that real Christians persevere in belief in the teaching of Jesus. The people who do not do this are not real Christians. If you or I quit believing, or if we reject the faith, we are not real Christians. Now, I want everybody to hear this. Persevering in faith doesn't save us. 
It doesn't keep us saved. But it demonstrates salvation. In Matthew 24, 13, Jesus said, The one who endures to the end will be saved. 1 Corinthians 15, 2. You are saved by the gospel if you hold to the message I proclaim to you. Unless you believe for no purpose. And there are many who have and many who do believe to no purpose. That is, believe to no avail or to no benefit in their life because they do not persevere in belief in the teaching of Jesus. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, you listening? If we deny Him, He will also deny us. There's so much more that I could show you, but for the sake of time, I won't. You want to check out sobering words from God's Word? Read Hebrews chapter 6 this afternoon. Read Hebrews chapter 10 this afternoon. Read 1 John chapter 2 this afternoon. All of them, without question, speak of the very thing, same thing that I've been speaking of. Real Christians persevere in belief in the teaching of Jesus. Now, the second thing that's meant by persevering in the teaching of Jesus is that real Christians persevere in obedience to the teaching of Jesus. Real Christians persevere in obedience to the teaching of Jesus. The people who do not do this are not real Christians. If you or I or anyone else does not continue to study the teaching of Jesus and progressively conform our lives to it, we are not real Christians. Persevering in obedience. By that I mean having a heart to obey. Brokenness over our disobedience. Seeking to obey and to grow in obedience. These things do not save us. But they are the demonstration of salvation that's in us. Hear the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Your name, cast out many demons in Your name, and done wonderful miracles in Your name? But I will say to them, Depart from Me. I never knew you, you worker of sin or iniquity. Jesus went on to say, The man who hears these words of Mine and acts on them, It's like a man who built his house on the rock. And the storm came, and the wind blew, and the waves crashed. 
but his house stood because he had built his house on the rock. But the one who hears these words of mine and does not act on them is like a man who built his house on the sand. And the storm came, and the wind blew, and the waves crashed, and his house fell, and great was its fall. Because he did not act on my word. James 1 says, don't be hearers of the Word only, deceiving yourselves, but be doers of the Word. Barbara referred to James 2. Dead faith isn't saving faith. And dead faith is faith without works. 1 John 2 makes the same point. Charles Spurgeon was walking down the streets of London one day, And he came upon a a drunk who recognized Spurgeon and ran out to greet him saying, Reverend Spurgeon, Reverend Spurgeon, I'm one of your converts. To which Spurgeon responded, You must be one of my converts because you're certainly not one of God's. Real Christians persevere in obedience to the teaching of Jesus. So here's what we've got. Real Christians believe. And real Christians persevere in faith and in obedience. Based on this teaching of Jesus, not Micah. Based on this teaching of Jesus, are you a real Christian or just a Christian? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that He is Lord and Savior? Do you believe that He will save you and forgive you of all your sins and give you eternal life? If you don't, will you believe Right now, if you do believe, if you will believe, hear the words of Jesus again. If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. I love all of you enough to tell you, keep Believing. Keep obeying. Keep persevering. This is the proof of being real Christians. Would you stand with me and bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, break through our preconceived notions of salvation and the gospel and 
what it means to be Christian. Break through all of the junk that's in our world and has infiltrated our churches and our our minds and bring us back to the words of Your Son, our Savior, who clearly has said today, and it clearly says on numerous other occasions, that there's a difference between being a Christian and a real Christian. And I pray that You'd use it to draw people into Yourself to real Christianity and to to preserve people within real Christianity and to help us be more faithful in communicating the gospel so that the lost might become real Christians. Help us all to be warned today. We are real Christians only as we believe and persevere in that belief and in obedience to You. Work as You will through Your Spirit now, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen.